Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. 
You're not ready if it's not ready hour foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Hello, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs, where I speak to bands and musicians about how they've survived being an artist, whether that means working a bunch of jobs between tours and making records, or protecting yourself, making sure you've got a good team around you, making sure that you can stay healthy, stay sane, and stay enthusiastic about the art that you're making and bringing to the rest of the world. I'm so excited to welcome Billy Martin, who's just released her new record, Flora Fauna, to the show. As you're about to hear, she's been making music most of her life now, and as such, has a really unique story about growing up alongside her music, her lyrics, and the music business side of it. Thank you so much for listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs. This is episode 111. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and do that. There's so much stuff to track back through, so do feel free to scroll happily downwards and see if there's anything for you. East London Signature Brew have been making beers with bands since 2011. They've made beers with Mastodon, Hot Chip, Craig Finn, and so many more artists that we love and own records by. If you go to their website, signaturebrew.co.uk, you can make an order to get beers of all kinds delivered directly to your door. And with the voucher code 101podcast, all capitals, you can get 10% off your order. Thank you for listening. Here's Billy Martin. Go well. This podcast is about the jobs that people do between touring and making records. And, Mm. you know, your story sort of told me you'd be the the perfect person for it, going through the two records on Sony, being young when it happened and leading up up to the new record. You know, I, I wonder if you've had that kind of time like everyone has to to you know reflect in the lead up to flora fauna thinking you know i I wonder how many different periods of life you've been going through in terms of that kind of stuff matching being an artist with being a sort of living a normal normal life Mm. well i definitely did do a lot of reflecting before this third album because it suddenly seemed like everything was where it was supposed to be and um i very much felt the age i was while still trying to get people to deflect from the whole age thing, which has kind of followed me around like a curse since I started. Um, because obviously I, I, I started around 12. So we're talking like wow. barely a human being. Yeah. Um, and since then I've kind of just remained this precocious person. And that word is just with me every day um yeah. but I've realized that I haven't done all the all the normal stuff and yet that part of life for me um I guess since signing but kind of leading up to that as well um just was moving at a stupidly fast pace um because I'd, I had no understanding of what the hell was going on so it was just kind of wake up every morning and and observe um what was happening so yeah it was um it was a bit mental but at the same time it felt normal and I'm very grateful that it happened then and I mean I wonder even with everything going on since 
such a young age. And, you know, I feel like I, I should say, I think something that I believe in is that at a fundamental level, we, mm. we can't be ageist about anyone, no matter whether, whether they're an athlete or an artist. But, yeah. but, you know, with that in mind, you must have learned so many lessons along your way, being so young when it happened, when it started happening for your, for your music. Mm, definitely. Well, I was, um, I was very much feeding off um, fully grown adults that had a house and a car and a family and um, were very much ingrained in the industry. Mm. And I guess I, I kind of assumed part of their roles um, because you're, you're learning. And yeah, the observation kind of brought this outer sense of perspective that I had that kind of ruined things slightly when I came home um, because I couldn't see things on the level that my peers were seeing things. And it was insanely difficult to um, concentrate, I guess, in a linear sort of normal way. And, you know, at the time it was, um, well, first it was GCSEs and I signed the I signed it only the day before my mass GCSE and there was just no way that I could kind of focus on on um, one thing or the other. It was very much like a, you know, a huge life moment. Um, and then it got through school, things were getting more and more busy and um, I was away every week and always down to London and on tour and stuff like that. And it got to A-levels and it got to uni choices and I was kind of applying, but um, I was definitely not um, interested in the idea, I guess, in the way that my peers were, which was to see some more of the world mm. and meet some more people. But it was like, kind of like I'm, I've, I've been doing that <laughs> and I found my people and um, it's a tribal thing. I always felt like I was one foot in one tribe and one foot in the other. And um, it was very hard to kind of understand at the time. I just sort of overlooked the whole situation. It's so interesting to me that you'd have that one foot in the other, that you know, the domestic home educational tribe. But I suppose when you're that young, I mean, did you have family around you telling you that you should you should keep on doing that stuff I think I was well I have a hugely supportive family and the best lawyer on the planet who luckily came into action at the very very beginning pre-label pre-development deal pre-anything and that was just through a family friend so I very much felt like I had my safety net there um which meant that it took the pressure off a 15 year old girl trying to decide the next five ten years 20 years of her life mm. Um, I mean, that's nuts, so isn't were, it? 15 years old. Well, it's bizarre. And it's happening all the time. And I see it happen. It was kind of like I there was a model that was just beginning around 2014, 2015 of finding people from YouTube. And it was kind of like the younger, the better. Um, and now it's the same thing with the TikTok stuff and still with YouTube. Um, but it's just like you cannot assume it doesn't matter how kind of mature or worldly they seem, they're not. And there's no way that um, someone in that position can ever make those decisions without without that safety. Um, so I was very lucky. because, And I remember saying no to a lot of things 
like there was a lot of weird avenues um that kind of get introduced to you when you're so vulnerable <laughs> um for instance lots of talent shows would um call at my school and try and get to me knowing that they were avoiding the parents um what? which obviously the school did not let happen because why on earth would they just put the phone onto one of their students and um expect that to happen but yeah it was kind of just and a lot of like really horrific scary companies um that just weren't my weren't my bag I mean I have to ask as as you've got older have you been able to kind of make sense of those situations that at the time might have just been this confusing strange thing um I can maybe see why people were drawn to it it's kind of an easy target situation um obviously from the beginning I felt eternally grateful and with that comes um a slight inferior nature which means that you should say yes to things you know mm. and you should be um you should be really thankful all the time because mm. you're very lucky um when in actual fact you know and I have to remind myself this all the time and so do my musical peers you know you're not you don't have to be that thankful all the time that like you make the music and you do the work um, for years mm. and you're providing the stuff that they can sell and without the product of the business machine, you know, there is no business. So there's a bit of reminding about that. But just so much has happened. I feel like I've lived seven years in each year and I'm now kind of in my mid-40s on my fourth record and, you know, I can sit back and relax a bit. But, you know, there was no uni... There was one part-time job for a year. <laughs> what was um, that? Well, I worked at a pub when I first moved to London. So I was 18 and um, I would just used it for writing. Um, I got one song out of, out of it. That's, that's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it made it <laughs> on an album, so there you go. Brilliant. Which, which track's that? It's called To Lose on the second album. It was Great. just an observational looking at people come in and out of the pub every day and those classic characters that sit in the corner and never leave and mm. um, just really yeah you become a nocturnal person when you work at a pub um time has no is not a concept yeah it was a real rush to the senses for sure with kind of you know feeling like every year is is seven years i mean on flora fauna do you do you you know and your songwriting today what you're writing at the moment and um, you said you've been at the studio today. Do you, do you do you feel those years? Do you feel those experiences like pouring out? Sometimes I think I've I've gained a lot of experience now, and I've seen a lot of things, um, which makes it easier to write music because you're more assured. Um, mm. But other times, I am so adamant that I've no idea what I'm doing, and no one does. And, you know, I've barely scratched the surface. I've really just not lived a lot of years yet. And mm. I would really like to do some more. Um, and each album is kind of frustrating to me because I've I've not quite got the thing that I wanted. Um, and each time it's because you grow more and more. And I think when you've got your first body of workout, proper body of workout, when you're 17, that's kind of your stamp forever. Um, 
So I guess I'm just working each year to try and eradicate a bit of that. <laughs> Which is not to say that I don't like it. You know, I'm really proud of it. And I'm so glad about the way everything turned out. But it's just, I guess it's just something that you wouldn't maybe have to deal with if you started at 28 or whatever. Mm. Well, I mean, I, I, I do wonder if, if, I mean, obviously those are formative years, you know, sort of 15 to 25. Um, but I wonder if a lot of people, you know, people might say that no matter what what age they are. I mm. mean, when, you, when you're 28, you're probably doing things that you definitely wouldn't, well, you might not do at 35 if you were to start then. And it's that that kind of whole, that whole thing about identity, I find fascinating. And, and that, that sort of informs what this podcast is about because mm. it's almost like these two worlds. And I wonder if that ever gets easier. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think anyone knows. I think about authors, for example, and I'm sure a lot of people have imposter syndrome when they might start writing at age 40 and maybe mm. they're not published till 45 or 55 even. But, but, but those are real life experiences. I mean, that's, that's what I want to hear in a, in a record or in a book. Yeah, absolutely. My mum's actually been writing a novel for years and um, Brilliant. she's in her 50s and I'm really pushing her to finish it, you know, and she did a late degree um, through Open University at a time when you probably shouldn't have um, and, you know, she nailed it and it's given her confidence in later years that she never had um, in the normal kind of career time. So... Yeah, she's a great example of something like that. And also, I think I may, I don't know if I'm going to do music for the rest of my life. I don't, I mean, it's its my passion, obviously, but um, you really just never know. And I'm quite a creature of habit and I love home and I love um, domestic living. Um, and, you know, sometimes I wonder or I see the biggest stars the biggest musicians right now and they all just don't have that life um and then you wonder you know at what point is music really worth it I mean you've had a team around you since well for for, for your whole career it, it sounds like and I I wonder if having that team around you if if sometimes you're working for someone else or or y y you know what I mean because I guess you mm. do there is that obligation that it is that it is your job yeah, totally. You're self-employed. You have to. You have to make your own. Your own work. You have to do it. You have to somehow make a schedule and be rigid with it, and mm. employ others, and um, yeah, recognize that you are a business. But I kind of always knew that. You know, the sad truth of it really early on. Um, so I guess I was a little less um, kind of starry-eyed at the beginning. Mm. Um, it's quite ugly once you peel back the layers. <laughs> it can get quite um, quite messy in there. So I think I'm I'm at a place where I've found a good compromise between between being fully ensconced in the industry and keeping my distance from it at the same time. Are you quite disciplined? I mean, you mentioned you know self employment then, and I mean even things like doing your taxes. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> or boring to everyone but I mean isn't that so interesting someone who who you know your favorite band or your favorite record mm. um, that the, the, the people behind that are grafting well I think it's the least boring thing I think it's actually the most interesting part of music because it's um 
scandal. Yeah, I just, I, there's just so much wrong with the system as we know, and I definitely won't get into that, but um, it's just kind of shocking. And I am so lucky because when I did start out, I was living at home and I didn't have to pay rent, you know, and I didn't, and I didn't have to pay any other um, expenses. I didn't really travel that much. And if I did, it was paid by Sony and I was under 18, so I had to have a chaperone. That, mean, that means I've got my family with me and they pay for anything and all of that stuff. Um, but my mum's excellent with accounting and um, she made sure that it was kind of hammered into me very early on that that's what you need to do every month and keep every receipt and all of that stuff. So I was doing that um, kind of whilst I was at school and everyone was working at Morrison's, which would have been a lot more peaceful for me I think like there's something really beautiful about that kind of um logistical job that mm. kind of like Tetris you know it makes your brain feel nice something like that and I guess music has so many layers to it and they get more and more existential and enormous that once you find your way to the end of that um thought process and of just too much so you have to just you know Take your head down and and try and play some something tiny on the guitar. Um, but yeah, I think I think sorting out the money stuff and the contractual stuff is very important, and that's kind of the first thing you should do as you're getting into music. That can really ruin you later on. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Part of this podcast is one thing about finding people's stories but i think there is an all you know i get i have a responsibility to to talk about this is that you know especially over lockdown and the the lack of government help mm. um i mean we, we've heard lord lloyd weber speak about it on lbc over the weekend and about um how the theater industry has just been kind of decimated or yeah. neglected and ignored and all of everything by the government um I mean, what's your, what's your personal situation been like over the last year? Obviously, you've made the record, but in terms of the the live aspect and what you'd usually, you know, what would usually be a big part of of your job. I hate to sound like a like a um, terrible person, but it's actually been really okay. I've just been insanely lucky in the in the timing, which means I would have been recording anyway, and it would have been a little bit earlier than it ended up being. Um, I also um, met fiction over lockdown and kind of switched up the whole team, got new management, um, new agent, new PR, new everyone. So it was just a fresh slate for me, um, which meant that touring wasn't a necessity until the next year. Saying that, you know, everyone I usually work with um, really, really needed to tour. And 
luckily we're starting to do that now and everything's coming together and the first show's latitude I think so that's not so far away um but no I've just been insanely lucky I spent six months um up north because I got stuck there and then got the call that it was safe to come down to London met Rich Cooper my producer just at his studio at premises um you know we didn't need to go anywhere we didn't need to book anywhere Mm. and us two we just kind of got along and and made it in a couple weeks 10 days Um, wow 10 days yeah because there was no one to bother us you know we um it was completely an isolated experience and it was and I live I lived five minutes from the studio so I just walked every day and and going back to my work ethic um I work really hard but I am not one for pushing and I definitely don't do the whole 10 till 10 or 10 till 12 studio days. Um, I'm very much like a, once the evening is opening, I would like to go home and rest my brain for a bit. Um, and I find that kind of any time before 3 PM is good for me creatively. Anything after that is kind of just a write off. Um, but yeah, it was just a very kind of, stress-free um simple mechanism that we were working with and we finished it that's so good to hear that you don't work in a rush because no of course everything about being an artist is is about running around and 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 late things and um not being able to go home at a book with with a book at five o'clock in the afternoon or the evening Mm. and having having some you time yeah, well, I think that's the good stuff in there. That That's the bit that gets you to the creative bit. And I'm very much a kind of must-have-the-input-to-have-the-output sort of person. And that input for me is lots of normal living and reading lots and listening lots. Like, I'm a huge music fan. I spend more time listening to it than I do making it. And I think that's a great, you know, I really enjoy that. <laughs> um, I mean... Was it, was it, did you, did you find yourself living a far more sort of domestic life? I mean, even sort of in terms of making your room look nice or, you know, getting those mm. books you'd always wanted and having a, a nice space to, 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 to be yourself. Has that happened for you in the last year more than before? Yes, absolutely. Um, well, I actually got into a, a, a new relationship last, at the beginning of last summer and that meant um, not, long after that we moved into a new place together which was the first time I've not had to be in a flat share which don't get me wrong I love but as a musician not being able to afford your own place but having to make music every day quietly especially when everyone's now working from home it did get a bit difficult you know and it and I, I was quickly realizing that, that that wasn't a sustainable way to live um, and now I've kind of been able to make my nest and it's something that is purely mine um, and it can be work or play. You know, we've got loads of gear at, at home so we can just record whenever we like. And then I've got the studio in Tottenham. Um, so I'm finding that that's a great way of balancing the living and the musicking. Because for me, it's certainly not a nine to five, Monday to Friday and have the weekend off. Um, you know, I try to do a lot more on weekdays than I do weekends. And there's something I find really special about Sundays. Um, and I kind of feel that push of productivity on a Monday morning. 
but at the same time it's like you know musicians don't have to know what day it is um and I still you know I'm quite a traditionalist and I love the idea of a bank holiday um or Easter or whatever even though it doesn't really affect me at all but yeah I love I love the domestic life that's what I'm saying <laughs> have those turn of you know that that you know discovering these these things and you know these these changes that have happened in the past year for you is that gonna make a a precedent for you you know in the future moving forward knowing that you that you want that time you know maybe that manifests itself as cutting back the touring yeah massively I think I've I've because I haven't really done that much touring in um compared to lots of other people it's been quite um succinct and minimal um but important and I think even at that level just physically it just made me feel really bad and um, my body did not like it. And it kind of knew that from, from the beginning because I get really nervous as well, which means that my adrenaline is just plowing through my whole body and kind of affecting each organ and it doesn't feel good. Um, and being a musician comes with horrendous back problems, which I have and probably gained them when I was 16, which is just so not on. Like I would consider myself a healthy human being and then I kind of look at certain parts and I'm like well music did that and music did this and then there's the whole mentally speaking which is you know damage that is kind of um not repairable um so yeah I think going forward and after lockdown I've very much got into a rhythm and I'd loved to uh, escape during the winter time and use that to write solidly and record and get everything done then and then as spring starts to form and summer comes out, be very selective with which shows we're doing and um, yeah. do the do the all important tour, but the way you want to tour. And I think touring should be more tailored to each artist rather than just a blanket, off you go, um, this is ridiculous, but have fun anyway, sort of rule. And I imagine you have a team around you that, that knows that, that understands that about you. Very much so. And I think that's not what you get um if you're the smallest fish in the biggest pond um at a major label that's just never going to happen because mm. you're a tiny name on an excel spreadsheet and that's kind of just it um, sounds like you're in you're in such a good place i mean even you know i'm just turned 30 and and that kind of idea of, of identity is is still kind of a big you know it, haunt, it can haunt you if you if you think about it too yeah. much it's amazing to hear you've obviously had to you know really kind of face that identity and those those real things that actually change the way you feel mentally and physical mm. I mean there must be a there must be a plus point to that yeah I mean many well it's just kind of that sense of relief um but especially after this album I felt like that was setting the precedent there and that was explaining who I think I am much more than I was before and um and you know, here's much more of my sensibility and self in that. And I'm still growing and learning. Absolutely. You know, I really don't know any, everything. Um, but it, it's, there's just a bit more um, sense of security. And I guess just, yeah, knowing yourself a tad more helps. Just saying no all the time. And if something doesn't feel right with you, just just don't do it. Yeah. And as you mentioned earlier, that that's, that is a sort of, a problem that every artist faces mm. you can imagine 
yeah definitely um but i still think there's hope i think i think the music industry is having i think there's going to be um an uprising sometime soon although it's kind of bubbling at the time it's bubbling right now of independence yeah of independence and just literally just more human rights um and all the stuff that any other industry um is very rigid with that some for some reason just doesn't apply to the music industry and i think that is starting to disappear a little bit because it's absolutely insane and we don't live in 1975 anymore and nothing is sustainable you know the entire landscape has changed so you can't still have a model from from way back when it does seem like labels will find people doing things themselves and then pick them up um and mm. I, I, I wonder obviously you know there are cases where that does work for the artist um i mean i definitely felt growing up playing that it was like okay we're going to do this and then we're going to get picked up by a label yeah and you know when that did happen it wasn't what i thought it would be you know when that happened we had to work harder well it's it's never what you think it is that's the point you're i think it's I would describe it as, and I'm not looking to any individual characters here at all, it is just the system, but it's very slow, kind of under the surface manipulation, um, you know, within the language, the jargon, um, the kind of set ways that things have to happen, the timetable, you know, the cycles, the fact that that's all based around um something that conveniently fits within the labels tax return mm-hmm. um yeah i think it's i think it's soft manipulation and that's why we always feel kind of so high for a second and then so low because there's a lot of um smoke and mirrors and kind of very little reality we're an industry that that doesn't really keep in line with um the real world sometimes What's a way that you can protect yourself from that? Is it, you know, knowledge, you know, reading up about it yourself and, for example, you know, knowing which words, which words are jargon that you shouldn't put too much weight on, even though they sound nice? Mm. Is it is it informing yourself and, and, and trying to know as much about the game as, as you can individually? Yeah, I think so. I think I would have liked to know, to have known a bit more when I started. Um but there was no way of me doing that, obviously. And I also think it is remembering your voice and how you speak and which language you use um, rather than chameleoning chameleoning into these people who aren't real. And um, I think a lot of that comes from observing as well, you know, finding out what you don't like Mm -hmm. and not letting anyone put words in your mouth which is um, really, really hard not to do. And while we, you know, this subject is obviously, it's quite heavily weighted in a negative sense, but yeah. I mean, I find, I find you saying that very empowering. Oh, well, that's good. That makes me feel good. I'm very conscious that I sound um, like I'm damning music. But I'm not. I mean, I think it would be impossible to talk about the music industry without damning it. Well, exactly. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, tell you that everything's peachy Mm. um, because the secret's kind of out now. But I just don't think it has to be a negative um, process. All of this stuff is really good. Every suggestion being made is beneficial to the masses. 
you know every part of the of artistry and crew and anyone in the creative field all of those people it's going to help them um yeah. Yeah. so it would just be great if you know your others are on universal credit and you know there's just more of a an individual voice for us i guess how many of our favorite records were made by people you know on on, on the doll <laughs> on, on the doll exactly so many of them <laughs> too many <laughs> brilliant well billy thank you so much for for coming on to this chat i you know i really appreciate your time and and your story is a vital one people need to hear this hello okay well that's good i have lots more to say that um you know i can probably articulate after this call but you know there we go there's my two cents we'll have to do another one then in the future yes call me in two years <laughs> Brilliant. Well, Billy, thank you so much. It's so kind of you for you know taking your time out. No worries. Thank you so much. So there was Billy Martin. Thank you so much for listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs. Please subscribe if you haven't already. See you next week. Here's Coxbarrow. I've been working all day, got me mate on the side. Running around like a blue ass fly. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day. This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.